Are you ready to be the best that you can be? Join hybrid business coach and consultant Charity Brown and her guest as they give you behind the scenes access to the insider tips and tricks that will help you take your business to the next level. Charity has an extraordinary approach to boosting businesses to break out of their modes, influence their industries, and become leaders of their packs. And she's ready to pass this inspiring knowledge on to you today. Learn how to change your game and build your business into what you've always dreamed of, right here on the Create Clarity with Charity podcast. Hello and welcome to Create Clarity with Charity. Today I have an amazing, beautiful guest. She has formed some amazing salons and an amazing natural mineral product. Ego Iwigbo, welcome to Create Clarity with Charity. Hi, Charity. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm very excited to be here. I am so happy you are here because we all need to beautify our faces and we love (laughs) natural, light, non-complicated makeup. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Uncomplicated makeup for some of us have complicated skin like me. Yes, yes. And to get that right shade and to not have the lines and the creasing, it is so important these days to look natural and beautiful. So yeah, and not spend too much time on it and not have to have like mega makeup artist skills. I don't want to be, I don't want to have mega makeup artist skills, you know, like 20 different brushes and everything else. I kind of just want, I want my makeup to almost be like brushing my teeth, you know, like I can just get it done and uh and and out the door yes i love easy peasy beautiful that's like i have to do simple so i'm sure my audience will relate you know there's a lot of a lot of things out there now for us and they're not necessarily healthy for our skin either and their practices aren't very friendly to animals and testing and all that so let's get into that but first you know this show is about you the ceo the entrepreneur that's made it through the gauntlet who has had failures and wins and has gotten back up and has never quit. So that's why you're so successful. And that's why you're really here today because we could talk about makeup and all day, but really it's about your entrepreneurialism spirit and the inspiration that you can give back to my audience. Um, because, you know, you started kind of like I did, you know, I got my nail tech, uh, license and I was 19 and went to beauty school and you know did nails thought I was real fancy free started my own little salon and you did the same thing but it was on I don't think you were actually doing nails right or were you licensed no 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 I I, I wasn't uh I didn't plan to but um I learned the hard way about people management and uh and in my first week of my very first uh nail bar um, I remember the first Monday after the week that we'd had, no one showed up to work. And, and I was, and I was standing on the shop floor and we were like in the middle of the busiest, coolest store uh, on Oxford street. It was top shop Oxford circus and, um, you know, heaving amounts of, uh, people walking past and no one showed up to work. And this lady walks up to me and goes, can I get a full set? And I thought, Oh, uh yes sit down <laughs> yeah you're like hmm. <laughs> of course I can I, I had trained I had trained I had to train because of course before you can get the product into your salon some of the brands don't allow you to have the product in their salon if you haven't been through their training course yeah. 
So, you know, but I hadn't been through the, the, the major one, but I had some training and, um, and I'm just one of those people that I just, I just figured things out pretty quickly. And uh, so I did, but that full set took me, I think, three hours. Oh, no. <laughs> that's a long time but it was beautiful in the end and the customer was ecstatic because of course we talked non-stop yeah that's what I loved about the industry it was so like people-centered you know very heart-centered it's a service you're like beautifying people and giving back and you know hand and feet care is really underrated um you know you can save someone's life by taking care of their feet like literally people will lose like 10 years of their life it, when they're older and nobody's paying attention to their feet, that can literally be their demise. It's crazy. Right. And, yeah. and you know what, Charity, I chose nail salons over any other salon initially because of its social, its social setting, because, you know, in a hair salon, you can't, you, you don't necessarily look good oh, when you're having your facial, it's too private waxing, all of that stuff, but nails, you see, you can sit next to your friend and have this great conversation and great time getting your nails done. And so I, that's, I mean, my dream was to have nightclubs. So when I couldn't open my own nightclubs, I thought, well, a nail bar is the next best thing. (laughs) That's so funny. I went from the nail bar to owning bars. So it is totally like in this Oh my goodness. Look at that. (laughs) It is a very social business. You've got to, you've got to love people. You've got to love serving people. I yeah. love the service industry a lot. Um, and, and when it comes to women and changing their mood and changing their day, um, just from a one, one and a half hour, one hour, one and a half hour, you know, time in your salon, I just think that's brilliant. It is. And it really can, you know, shift somebody's mindset from feeling ugly to beautiful like that. Like hands, when you look at your hands and when I don't have nails on, I just, I don't feel the same, you know? Um, right. it's, it's really awesome. So I love that people do, people do ask like, what is your salon? And I always say, and I don't know, my mom, my mom is always anti the way I, I describe it, but I say it's that, that we provide instant gratification services. Like if you come in with bad nails, you'll leave with great nails. If you come in with bad eyebrows, you'll leave with great eyebrows, lashes, you know, like the stuff that, that gives you an instant, uh, beauty boost. That's yeah. what you get when you come to uh, Miss Salon London. Yes. Yeah. You walk in feeling like a wreck. You walk out feeling yeah. like a queen. It's like, yay, exactly. Salon Day. And we do <laughs> shots of vodka and glasses of champagne and all sorts of things like that, which adds, yes. adds to it. You spend the no whole end. day there. <laughs> this is awesome. Okay. I love that. So so you've already always been in the kind of the care factor business, you know, being of service to women and people and making them feel beautiful. And, um, it's been a long ride though. Like you've really done some amazing things in that industry. Um, mm. I like that you made it a social group instead of just a regular old salon. So let's talk about that journey when you shifted from just being, you know, um, a standard nail salon into making it more of a social group. Mm, so, so I've never had a standard nail salon. So the first salon I ever opened was on the shop floor in the middle of Topshop where there was a DJ because I used to go and get my nails done and I, and, and I absolutely couldn't understand why it was, it had to be the worst experience. I was bored. Nobody was speaking in English. Uh, you know, the salons were 
you know, it was difficult in the UK uh, those years ago. There were not, nails was just not a thing. So I thought, I, I want to open my own nightclub, my own cabaret. I couldn't afford to do it. Um, it was a huge investment and I was completely inexperienced as an entrepreneur. Uh, but I was passionate about running and having my own business. Um, I, my, I come from a very academic family. I had done a degree, you know, went to, into my first job as a graduate recruit. And, uh, and I hated every single minute of it. I couldn't wait to get out and start my own business. And so the idea of the nail bar came to me when I basically started getting my nails done. And every time I went, it was this, you know, very laborious experience, yet I couldn't be without the nails. I needed the nails. So I thought, surely there's got to be another way. I want to get my nails done on Oxford Street where I hang out and shop and all that. And that's how it started. So I, so I opened my first nail bar in the middle of Topshop Oxford Circus. And um, it was pumping. It was amazing. It was <laughs> fantastic. However, I was young and completely inexperienced. I didn't know how to manage people. And, uh, you know, as you know, the nail or the salon business is very service heavy. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know how to keep your team together, then, you know, forget it. And I had no clue, no clue. As far as I was concerned, if you're in the rota to show up today and work from, you know, nine to five or from 12 to seven or whatever it is, then that's then that's the contract. That's the deal. You, you've agreed to be here from 12 to seven. So just be here. Mm -hmm. Of course, people don't work like that, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't Especially know. Especially beautician. I honestly, <laughs> yeah, I honestly didn't know because I just went with the person that I am. I work like crazy all the time and I don't pause. If I've agreed to do something or something's on my calendar or this is what I said I was going to do, then I am doing it. So I couldn't understand why, why it was such a wishy-washy situation with my, with my nail techs to start. Mm. So that was a real, so, so opening my first nail bar was a real stumbling. I was falling all over the place. Like I said, the first, in the first week, after the first week, uh, no one showed up to work on the Monday you know, uh, you know, with every excuse in the book, like mm -hmm. it was just crazy. And um, I got my first lesson in people management when I opened the second nail bar. So the second nail bar, interestingly, this lady came up to me and she used to run one of the beauty counters in, in the store that I was opening in. And so she was a manager on that beauty counter and she came up and said, do you, do you want a manager for your nail bar? And I thought, yeah. And then I thought, well, you're never going to be able to handle this lot because, you know, no one does what they're supposed to be doing, you know, <laughs> in this place. They're all mad. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, she joined in and I, I mean, I was gobsmacked. I watched her manage the team. She was sweet she was polite. She asked them to please do things that as far as I was concerned, they were supposed to be doing. Like, why, yeah. why do I have to please ask you? Why, like, like, that's your job. Yeah. Um, so I had a, a major learning experience on how to manage people, how to um, run a business that is so people-centered Mm. Um, and in, in that way, um, that lady really made a huge difference to me quite early on. Lovely. 
And, uh, and then I went on to open six. I got to six of them and um, lots of falling over, lots of overspending, lots of, um, um, you know, paying too much for shop fits and not thinking, thinking it through, not thinking through the business structure. So I had a company and I put all of those six salons under the one company um, entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, and, and, and much later I realized that the thing about these sorts of businesses is that they should have all been under their own company. They should have just been, uh, there should have just been a holding company that owned the brand. And then each one of those shops should have been a separate um, entity. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I didn't know that I was just opening this company and we were going to open a hundred. And, and then of mm-hmm. course, one salon is doing really well. And one salon's not doing really well. And then mm-hmm. another salon is doing really well. And then another one is like, what a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and then the first one needs new furniture or refurbishment because it's three years old. And the new one's just taken all the cash mm-hmm. out of that particular business. Mm-hmm. So one of my first lessons was realizing that if you want to scale a business like a salon, you're better off trying to do the franchise model with it because after six of them, uh, basically they came crashing down um, because two, three of them were actually doing really badly. They were too far away. I couldn't manage them properly. Um, and, uh, and, then they, and then because we were in these stores that had 30 day, 60 day termination periods, that was it, you know, so they close one good one and then the whole company can't take it, do you yeah. see? But had they been in broken, had they been different uh, entities, one could close and the other would be fine. So yeah, big lesson. Yeah. That I is cried good, for two weeks. Yeah, and that kind of sounds like the restaurant biz, you know, it's a penny margin business, it's service-based, it's very high overhead because you have to have the brick and mortar, you have to have the people there, you have to have all these high overhead expenses and you can cookie cutter them. Like you said, if you franchise it, like if you have a standard one that works really well, then you want the same kind of environment, the same kind of arrangement, the same parking lot, because it could really, one thing can really just sink a whole business, right? Like parking Amazing. lot size. Really good point. Yeah, yeah. really good point. So, yeah. So, I mean, that was the, that was the thing. So the, I, I think that, I think that if there's any lesson to learn from this right now, it's definitely to separate the entities. Mm, um, yeah. So audience out there, if you don't know what she's talking about, an entity is like, it has its own federal ID number, essentially just boil it down to basics. Like it's that you can have a holding company that can be one entity and have like 15 legs if you want, like how she set up her six salons. But usually that's like a holding company. And then each, each entity underneath it has its own identity, essentially. It's kind of like its own person. And so you can set them up and, and be sure that it's not underneath an umbrella, but the brand belongs to the umbrella company. And then you just separate the entities. So it's like one person, one unit. So if something bad happens to that, that one claims bankruptcy, the other five wouldn't have that same ripple effect. It would protect them. Exactly. Exactly. Very important. Yeah. And that is key. And so that's why, you know, the foundational setup of businesses is super important and never undermine the price of an attorney because a good attorney will tell you that um sometimes they don't know either so lessons like this are just expensive and because i i work with a lot of holding companies that have 
golf courses and restaurants and hotels, and they're all under the holding company, you know? So if one thing happens in one golf course, especially during COVID, it's all going down. So um, you really have to protect your assets that way. So that is really what it's about in the beginning and the foundational work. You really have to think about that. Do the SWAT test. What is the weakness? What is the possibility of this failing? And what would the impact of that be? So when you're in that, that growth stage, you're, you're um, protecting your assets and your investment. That's great. That's a great learning invest, uh, learning tip for the audience because uh, that had to suck. So so Sorry. for me, for me, having opened that, that was my first business and I, and I had opened it with so much passion and gusto and just a lot of, I had a lot of self-doubt because I came from a family of academics that didn't do anything in business. And so I didn't have any background training. I mean, that's the kind of thing, say, had my mom and dad, you know, being in business all the years, I probably would never have made that mistake in the first place. But, you know, I was kind of just doing, I mean, what I'm saying is that if anyone, if, if I can make it in the end, then anyone can make it because my experience was literally zero. And I had uh, no mentor. I had no mentor. Uh, This was pre, you know, uh, Instagram and YouTube. So it wasn't like, you know, there was lots of information or podcasts like this that we could listen to, et cetera. So I was just trying to, I was kind of fumbling in the dark, but I had a lot of passion in it because I felt that, you know, the seed had been planted in me. I wasn't born into, into entrepreneurship, you know, uh, in my family, but it was in me. Like I couldn't not do it. Yeah. Uh, I left a perfectly great job. Yeah, I left a, a, a perfectly amazing job and a, and a potential for a super high career uh, to do to to open my nail bars. So, you know, as they say, if, if the seed was planted in you, then, you know, you've got to go for it. So, yeah, I went for it. I lost it all. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that it had gone. I was crying for ages because I thought I've worked so hard, though. I worked yeah. so hard and it was such a good idea. No one else had ever opened these open plan nail bars in department stores. All nail salons were just, you know, boring and dreary in the side roads. And here we were in the middle of Oxford Street. It was amazing. And uh, so I couldn't understand. So as far as I was concerned, it was a great idea. We were jam-packed, right? Well, in three of them. And, um, you know, and I was working my ass off. So Sorry, can I say that? Yeah, this isn't a kid's show. <laughs> um, it's all good. So as far as I was <laughs> concerned, because everybody says to you, everybody says to you, Charity, work hard, right? They yeah. say, if you want to succeed in life, you need to work hard, right? So yeah. everything crashes and I could not have worked one drop harder. I was working day and night for those yeah. six salons. I believe so, you. <laughs> so, that, so that means, yeah, so that means that if it failed with all of my work and this great idea, then that means that I, I'm not good enough. Then that means that there's something wrong with me, right? That's, this, is, this is the crying in under the duvet for two weeks situation. Mm-hmm. And, and the, but the point that I'm trying to make is that you have got to get over it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, you can't pull stay there. yourself out. You can't stay there. You can't stay there. And you can't stay in that mindset. You can't stay in the mindset that there's something wrong with me. Yeah. You know, you've got to find a way. And, you know, and the thing is that there, there, there are energies and there are powers that be that just inspire you 
and um, out of nowhere, I, my phone started ringing and it was big brands like um, Sally Hansen, Revlon, London Fashion Week, um, Crabtree and Evelyn asking for nail bars. And they knew me because we were in these prominent places in London. So they, and, and, and because Nail Haven was such a unique nail bar, no one had seen anything like it, this sort of open plan, super cool nail bar. Mm -hmm. So out of nowhere, I started getting these calls. Hey, Ego, uh, I know Nail Haven's not open anymore, but um, do you know any nail technicians? And, you know, I need a nail bar for London Fashion Week, or I need a nail bar to promote some Revlon stuff. And I'm thinking, what? Okay. And, and out of nowhere, my next business landed on my lap, basically, Perfect. Uh, which was the consultancy, which I called Miss Salon, because I decided that I was the queen of salons at this point, because I'd had six and, you know, some were good and some were crap. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so I knew what worked. Yeah, I knew what worked. I knew what didn't work. And so out of nowhere, we start that I start this consultancy and my ex employees were asking me, I want to open my own salon ego. How do I do it? And after I had advised about one or two, I just thought this is ridiculous. I need to write a book on what to do and what not to do in the salon. I'm going to make it really straightforward and to the point, no beating around the bush. This is what you do here. This is what you do here. And that's yeah. how I ended up writing the books on salon business, open your own salon the right way. And then that's how the consultancy started. And we started opening and running nail bars all over the UK for big brands. Mm -hmm. um, and then I moved to South Africa. Uh, I was married. I got married at in between all of that. I got married and I had um, kids and um, my ex-husband uh, was offered a position in South Africa. And so the plan was to spend two years here, and uh, and um, and I and I thought I'd carry on just writing books because the consultancy was doing so well. I didn't physically have to be in the UK. Uh, the books were selling on Amazon, and it was great. And I thought, oh, we'll go to South Africa, cool, for two years, and I'll just quietly write two more books. Mm -hmm. And then I got here and fell in love <laughs> with South Africa and. My marriage fell apart and, mm. and then I spent, and then I found a salon that I thought was amazing. And then, it, then the owners just approached me and said, do you want to buy it? Cause we've heard, we've heard about who you are because I was at this point, Miss Salon, this, this woman, right? So, so next thing I'm, next thing I'm back in the salon business, I've bought bought this salon in South Africa with my business partner here. I decided I didn't want to do it on my own. So the lessons were, I didn't want to be a, a lone founder again, yeah. because, you know, when I was running around like a headless chicken with those other six salons, there was no one to talk to that would be as affected by the failure of it as I would, you know? So I decided that I wouldn't open uh, another business without a co-founder and that um, I wouldn't have it all under one umbrella again. And, um, and, that's how, and that's how we got to South Africa and started. And now we have two salons here that are amazing. Um, and, um, and that's how we, we're here now. And we have reached a stage that required us to move on from service and add product into the mix. Beautiful. 
That's how it goes. That sounds like a real life cycle of an entrepreneur right there. That's so impressive. I love the story. Um, I can relate a lot. So let's talk about that. I'm going to bring up your newest um, venture. Your, yeah. You and your sister have made some amazing products for with minerals and all the healthy ways to take care of our skin. So we know that you're an expert and pro in creating amazing nails and an atmosphere where people can have fun and enjoy themselves. And now you've created an amazing opportunity to, for a, you know, complicated skin to have an uncomplicated result. So let's talk about, um, the mineral, the good mineral. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, having spent so many years servicing um, women in, uh, in the nail salon, in the salons here, you know, I kind of feel very close to the core customer and um, my sister, who's a scientist and uh, mechanical engineer inventor, she had decided to create her own makeup formulations years ago because she was getting married and she wanted a really nice look for her wedding a nice natural look and she couldn't find any light natural makeup so she decided as she does because she's a scientist and feels that she can um to make her own and so what's interesting is that i had so natasha has sensitive skin I have uh, always had a severe acne problem um, and it comes, it comes and goes. And so I'm very, very cautious about what I put on my face. And, um, and plus I don't like to look like I'm wearing tons of makeup. I don't like that um, sort of mask like vibe that happens when people use concealers and foundations and then powders on top and then, and then, and then, and then. So um you know, when the salons here in South Africa were really packed, uh, at one point it just made sense to to just bring in the formulations that Natasha had been working on for so long um, that were hand mixed and and sort of designed and and matched to real skin, not in a lab and all of that stuff. So I decided to uh, bring in the, the the powders. Natasha lives in Washington D.C., so I flew over to D.C. Natasha mixed a whole batch of of her magic 33 powders and we flew them back to South Africa and packaged them on my dining room table and presented them to the customers in the salon with whom of course we had a massive you know trust and and great relationship with so they were willing to try because you know the thing about about makeup is that there's so many choices and there's lots of it here in this country as well so so you know, it's difficult to launch a product that is in such a, um, what's the word, crowded market like makeup. So, um, you know, so we were quite fortunate that the salon was so busy, the salons were so busy and the customers were so willing to trust us. Uh, But of course, once we put the product on people's faces, they just couldn't get over it because as I said, Natasha designed it for herself and for my skin that was sensitive and acne prone. And she didn't want any chemicals. She didn't want any uh, fillers, preservatives, fragrances, anything that wasn't about creating lightweight coverage. So Mm -hmm. 
the products are really quite magical. And, um, and of course, once we started putting it on uh, our customers' faces here in South Africa, it totally exploded and did really well. And we couldn't mix fast enough. And we, we kept selling out. That's <laughs> it was a, a good problem to time. have. <laughs> it is a good problem to have. But if you have, if you get to a point where you, like we, like it wasn't 100% the plan. It was like, just, just bring that makeup. Natasha's been making that amazing makeup. Why don't we bring the makeup? And so when it did blow up like that, it, you know, we were in this state where we were trying to figure out how are we going to manufacture this thing at, you know, at mass, the right cost, how are we going to package it? Where are we going to package it? Um, you know, so then all the fundamentals, the foundations of a product-based business start to come up. And I'd never run a product-based business at this point. I was an expert at service business in the salon, but not a product, a product was new. So you start to look at, you know, at, at, at larger manufacturers who have minimum order quantities, who, uh, you know, won't, won't do this or won't do that. And you've got, you know, no investment. This is all off of your own cash. And, uh, you know, they're saying to you, we, we can't mix anything less than, you know, 30 kilos per shade. And you're like, 30 kilos? That's like what? thirty thousand. So, <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like three thousand units. You're just not sure. Like we're we're only in two salons, you know. So it's a it's a it's a whole other learning curve. So we yeah. kind of fumbled uh, through the beginning, the the first sort of four years of the cosmetics company uh, here, just trying to find the right manufacturer, trying to find the right packaging and jar and branding and all of that. Did you guys then, hire a coach or a consultant to help with that? process I've never thought of I've never thought of hiring a coach or a consultant I have to say it's it's something that that there's a lot of sort of I can do this myself uh mm -hmm. in me and and there and and I'm the hardest working employee in my company yeah. <laughs> well not anymore but that but there was that kind of attitude my attitude or my understanding of moving from being an entrepreneur to a CEO literally just happened in the last three years of my career because mm -hmm. because prior to that you're just an entrepreneur you're the owner you you're running around and you're and because we're a service business people walking through the door everything as far as I'm concerned is intense the customer must be taken care of instantaneously everything mm -hmm. must be amazing all the time and um and so and so you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, I was never a CEO. I was an entrepreneur and an owner or a founder. And I ran around doing everything myself. Um, the CEO part came when, with the success of the cosmetics and getting into large retailers here and everything, we were um, spotlighted by a venture capital firm here that said, do you want some money to expand this brand into the US, so that's that's what that's what the Good Mineral is now. We launched it in August 2021. We got backing for it, and I am officially a CEO. Yay! <laughs> which is like, which you know, which has also been another learning curve. Like, stop, because CEOs build organizations. They don't run them. They don't. You don't. You, you know, it's not supposed to be task based. I'm not supposed to be the best employee that the company has and so it's a very that's another sort of 
right. Delegation as a CEO is really important. You have to learn to delegate even well, to hire the right have, people. Yeah. Hire the right people, have the right structure, right. Have the right nurturing your staff. And you know, the, the phrase CEO these days is a little different. Like as I wrote in my book and that I, I talk about a lot, like all my entrepreneurs are CEOs, but they're chief everything officers. They literally are doing right. it all themselves, but they right. still have the liability and they still have the responsibility of a billion dollar CEO sitting up in his chambers, you know, um, waving his magic wand. It's, it's just a, how you look at it. Cause you could have been a CEO when you had your holding company. A lot of holding companies have. CEOs. I was a C no, that's what I'm saying. I was a yeah. CEO. I was a C I have been a CEO all of my career, Yeah, but in my head and in the understanding of what a CEO actually is, mm-hmm. you know, a CEO builds organizations. They do not and leaves a legacy. You don't, you don't, you know, run around doing every single task. So the minute you decide to take a holiday, the whole company falls apart. No. Right. So yeah. Well, not so, a good CEO anyway. <laughs> the good yes. ones have a plan. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> there are ones that kind of disappear and you're always wondering where the CEO go. <laughs> but it's all good. So let's talk about, I love that story because it's the truth. So, I mean, really getting back into, let's really talk about what we want the audience to do here. Cause I know that they're hungry to know more, um, and to really learn about why you guys are so much better than the next mineral makeup company. Cause there's other ones out there. I mean, it's not a brand new idea, but there are ones that just kind of sit on your skin and don't even look like they absorb and like still look powdery and flaky. So let's talk about how you guys do matchups and let's tell the audience how they can get, get a hold of you guys and, and get some of your amazing products. Cool. I mean, so, so that's such a great question about what's the difference between you and any other mineral makeup brand. I have to tell you that the major difference is the fact that Natasha hand formulated these things. She was mixing it like, and she, she did it like it was an elimination diet. She said, what is it that I actually need to put into this product to create the coverage that I want? You know, so it's pigments versus dyes. Uh, pigments are, are, are concentrated and expensive. Dyes are uh, irritating to the skin and cheap. Um, so if you if you if she hadn't mixed it herself and you called a contract uh, manufacturer and said, hey, I want a mineral makeup line, they're going to throw in all the standardized lab stuff that goes into it. I've seen it. I've seen other mineral makeup and I look at the ingredients list and I think, oh, my God, what's all of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's that in there? That's not mineral makeup. That's like that's like a pretend mineralizer. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So, so the big difference is the fact that my sister was making it for herself and for me. So it wasn't that she was never, you know, trying to get it done in, in, in some kind of standard way. She wanted to really look at it uh, scientifically and start from scratch with it. Yeah. Um, so much so that I have asked our, our manufacturer, the same people who mix our own special formulas, I've asked them to create uh, a few other items. And I say, do not deviate from our formulation list, our ingredient list. And then they send you stuff that doesn't, that just doesn't, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. So I, so I'm, you know, I'm very adamant that people need to try the good mineral because it's, it's not your standard mineral makeup. It is 
amazing. Saying that all mineral makeup is the same is like saying that all liquid foundations are the same mm -hmm. when we know that they're not. Yeah. So, um, so the good mineral is very different in that regard. And um, we're online, we're, we're particularly um, um, active on Instagram, where you can just DM us your selfie and we will color match you. So um, this, is a, this is an online direct-to-consumer business, uh, which is the first time for me. I've always you know, dealt with people face-to-face but now we're trying to put across the same fun and interest and, and service that we give in the salon. We're trying to get it to resonate and to work online digitally, which is very interesting for me, another learning. So, um, so yeah, so we offer a personal service, a personal color matching service. Um, we want you to, to love it. We want to get it right for you. So we're there the whole journey of, uh, as you as you try or try try our product, try to transition from liquid to, to powder-based foundation, which I think is definitely worth it. I yeah, and we have Coco here on, on your Instagram, a nice example yes. of her and the difference between the under eye darkness and with and without makeup. And it's just phenomenal. Like that is one of all of our problems. We have a bad night's rest or no sleep at all. And, you know, we got those black circles under our eyes. Like you can't put enough concealer on to like make it go away. But right here. But the thing about her is that she looks like she's got no makeup on, on the yeah. side that she's got the, the cocoa too. It's, mm. it's as if she hasn't got any makeup on, which is the magic of it. It just, you know, blends in with your skin so perfectly that that you know if you're not a makeup person you can cover a few of your imperfections without covering your perfection <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly and that's you know that's what we like these days light easy beautiful makeup that does the coverage that makes us look airbrushed yes. we all want to look airbrushed yeah. and that's what it looks like so audience you know the drill you go to the instagram you dm these beautiful ladies <laughs> a picture, a selfie, and you yes. send it in their DM and they will color match you. They have experts, live color experts, consultants. Yes, because we've put it on, on 50,000 faces. We have put this product on over 50 live in real life on over 50,000 faces. So we know our shades. We know your shade. We understand all skin types. It's for, it's great on dry skin. It's great on oily skin. It's great on all skin. It's amazing. You must give yes. it a try. So that's amazing. I am so happy you shared the wealth with the, with the audience and all your amazing products, because, you know, I want to always be mindful of what I'm putting on my face. I don't want anything that's been tested on animals or that's synthetic. That's going to cause me to age faster and I think we all have those concerns now these days, knowing how unethical it can get. So you guys really are practicing something really amazing here, um, being kind to our faces while being kind to the animals. <laughs> yes, exactly, absolutely. It's beautiful. Um, do you have any last words of inspiration for the audience? Not, I mean, not really. I mean, it'd be amazing if they want to, like I was saying to you, Charity, because you have got uh, an amazing mentorship program um, and coaching program, haven't you? So um, I think that one of the best things is to seek advice when you're stuck, uh, look for a mentor, find a coach that can help you. 
Uh, I think there's nothing more powerful than talking to actual entrepreneurs who have been there, done that in, you know, in real life. Um, so if anybody uh, wants more advice on business, I, I am available in my DMs um, uh, on Instagram at Ego Iwegbu. And, uh, and hopefully me and you, Charity, will get to do a live on Instagram that might uh, continue to further inspire people and actually answer real life questions. So if anyone's got questions about business, I'm very happy to share uh, my ups and downs. I love that. Thank you. That's what it is about being an authentic heart centered entrepreneur. That's been there that got back up through the failures. You know, it happens to everybody The you know, the, the business landscape, isn't a magic carpet ride. It really is almost like war sometimes. So being able to recover and, you know, keep your integrity and your heart and your love and your drive and your passion is key. And I love that you were able to do that. Um, I felt the same way when I closed my restaurants that a part of me had died and I worked so hard, but it was the best decision I ever made. And all the kinds of opportunities opened up after that. So it's not over when it's over. So everyone just keep sight of that. Know that if you have a skill and you're in it for the passion and the right reasons, everything will work out in the end. So yes. Yes. So get with um, the beautiful good mineral, the good mineral.com women on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, along with their website. And they would love to color match you guys. So, you know, stay beautiful and get some mineral. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best foundation you'll ever try. And Charity, you need to send me your address. I can send you some. Yes, I would love it. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Are you ready to be the best that you can be? Join hybrid business coach and consultant Charity Brown and her guest as they give you behind the scenes access to the insider tips and tricks that will help you take your business to the next level. Charity has an extraordinary approach to boosting businesses to break out of their modes, influence their industries and become leaders of their packs. And she's ready to pass this inspiring knowledge on to you today. Learn how to change your game and build your business into what you've always dreamed of right here on the Create Clarity with Charity podcast.